0: So we're going to get started here. I hope that you've had a chance to learn some interesting things about the people at your table. Um, I know we had some fun discussions about dreams that we've had. So you'll, And you'll hear more about that in the faith story this morning. Um, I'm going to introduce our speakers. Um, Jonathan and Becky Lawrence have been at Faith Church since 2001. Um, they've been volunteers in the children's ministry, and then they did that for several years before going on up to junior high, and now this year, they'll be volunteering in senior high. Um, they have been married for 20 years and have two children, James, who will be a student at Cedarville, and Faith, who's going to be a junior in high school, and they also have two really adorable dogs who I've been lucky to dog sit before. They're great. Um, and so Jonathan is a consultant chemist at Eli Lilly, and Becky is a director of at Life Centers in Noblesville, which you'll hear a little bit more about soon, and let me just open up by praying for them as they come to share their story with you. Heavenly Father, um, I just want to thank you so much for um, this opportunity to get together and to hear from Jonathan and Becky about just the amazing ways you've been at work in their life over the years. Father, I pray you'd be with them as they speak, give them clarity, and uh, give us clear minds too as we listen to them. I pray that you'd um, just open our, our ears and our hearts to hear um, just how powerful you are and how you're at work in our own lives as well Lord we pray these things in your name amen so, Jonathan Becky I turn it over to you
1: well Becky and I are uh, glad to be here this morning you um, Um, so that we can share with you um, how God has been good to us and our testimony of how he chose us before we even knew him and how he has continually watched over us and is always there. Um, We pray that this story would be an encouragement to to others and and, and ultimately uh, bring more glory to God.
2: And I'm going to start first. So Um, My mother and father, they met in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, They married and had four children. I was the uh, third child of four. And soon after their fourth child, they, um, my dad left my mom. So a little after, uh, a year after the divorce, my mom ended up on a Greyhound bus traveling with four young children across the United States to Marysville, California, which was about 30 miles north of Sacramento. We were on that bus for three days and nights. My mom had two suitcases and $35 to her name. My older sister, Charity, was seven. My brother, David, was five. My younger sister, Billian, was 18 months, and I was four years old. I still remember that bus ride very well. Um, I remember us taking turns sleeping on the very cramped, hot floor of the bus. I remember being thirsty, and I remember being hungry. And I remember a really nice lady who shared her cookies with us. It'll get better, don't worry. I see you guys' faces. It gets better. Um, (laughs) uh, We arrived in California where we were greeted by Pastor Webb, who my mother knew from her church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Our family lived with him and his family for about a month before my mom was able to find a place and get on government assistance. I remember arriving at Pastor Webb's house feeling scared and confused but most of all, I remember being terrified by their Doberman pincher who chased me around the kitchen table, so. But God was with us every step of the way. He provided what we needed just when we needed it through his people. My mom is one of the strongest people I know. She's a survivor. She kept us in church after the move, taught us how to respect others, and put her, uh, put in, to teach us how to put others in the, put ourselves in their shoes. Sorry, I'm really nervous. She worked hard and provided what we needed. She taught us that you can trust God no matter the circumstances. As much as my mom tried to shield us from her pain, we all saw it. It lasted for years. Uh, We would hear her crying at night, missing my dad. She was alone with four kids and no family. Pastor Webb's church was also instrumental in helping my mom and us kids. They helped provide for us. Many times, someone would show up on our doorstep with a Thanksgiving meal, um, they would give us used clothing, um, pay scholarships for us to go to the youth camp, and someone even gave my mom a car. The day we arrived in Cal- California was the same day we met my future stepdad, Danny. He was Pastor Webb's best friend and a longtime attender of the same church we started to attend. He often came over Pastor Webb's house, so we got to see a lot of them. Little by little, the Lord brought my mom and Danny together. Danny didn't have kids of his own, but always wanted them. During the time of friendship between my mom and Danny, he would pick us all up and take us out to Chuck E. Cheese or McDonald's, kid-friendly activities. It's funny because we thought he was rich, and when my mom and Danny got married, we soon afterwards found out he was very poor too. But he was rich in love, we did discover, so, and he was my dad. As a child, I was very nervous and shy. I had dyslexia, reading comprehension, and speech problems. In elementary school, I was often teased. I felt alone and rejected in so many ways. Due to all of this, I didn't open up and tell people how I felt. But somehow, at the end of the day, I was still able to smile and separate myself from the sadness. God was so good to me. I was able to find friends at church, and because of this, I looked forward to going. Um, But I think it was at youth camp, um, it was at youth camp that I learned how to talk to God. It was the only place I let myself grieve the pain from the divorce. I loved going to camp because it felt like I was in a heavenly realm set apart from the world. So at the end of the night when the pastor said, bring your heavy burdens to the Lord, that's exactly what I did. It was my favorite part of the week because I could feel God's presence there. I would cry out and beg the Lord for whatever I thought would heal the hurt. I would cry out and ask him, please, put my parents back together. And he never did. But eventually, I stopped praying that once my mom and Danny got back together. And uh, as time went on, I grew closer to God. He was always sending godly men and women in my life from church. They all impacted me in one way or another. One helped me gain confidence in myself. Another gave me my first scripture that I memorized. And I continue to use this scripture over and over again in my life. Another person gave me a healthy push to start serving in the church. Which, t- which helped me dig deeper in my relationship with God. The scripture that was given to me um, was, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. Second Corinthians twelve nine. But it was a stranger, a visitor at church that helped me make the biggest decision of my life. I was 12 or 13 years old when one day after church an older lady pulled me aside and asked to talk to me. She said she was praying and God told her that um, I desired to have a grandmother in my life. Um, And she wanted to be that grandmother. She gave me her phone number. What she didn't know or anyone else was that's exactly what my heart was desiring. See, some of my friends would go on the weekends to their grandma's house and bake cookies and watch movies. And I had no one. I had no family. I had my, my mom and my sisters and now my stepdad. And so I didn't say anything to anyone because what was the point, you know? And so when she said this to me, I knew it was only God who told her this. God showed me something that day through that lady. He showed me how much he loved me. He loved me so much that he knew the desires of my heart, and he offered them to me that I didn't even have to ask, yet he would provide. Psalms 24 says, may he grant... You, your heart's desire, and fulfill all your plans. It was at this point in my life that I moved from loving Jesus to seeking him on my own. This is where I started to grow spiritually in my walk with him. Several, several years went by after this moment, and I fell so in love with Jesus. Everything I did, I did it with Jesus beside me. For example, when I started driving, I would sing my prayers to him, and sometimes I would hit a note that was so off-key, I would start laughing because I knew he was there laughing with me in the car. At school, I'd walk around with a smile on my face. My confidence was a little better, and um, sometimes people would stop me and ask, why are you so happy? And I would even say, because of Jesus. I became bolder in my walk with him. I started to make friends, and I even led one friend to the Lord. But then I made a mistake of dating a guy who didn't know the Lord. I thought, I'll bring him to church and he'll get saved. Well, he did come to church with me. He even went up to the altar and prayed. Um, I became a little too confident in my own strength. And I didn't heed the warning that a family friend gave me. One day, a family friend was driving me home from youth group. And he was trying to explain the danger of this to me. And since I wouldn't listen, he decided to pull over in his truck on the side of a busy road right by my high school. I'm in high school. And he says, get out of the truck. And I was like, what? And so I got out of the truck. And then he pulls the bed down. And he says, get up in the truck. And I'm like so embarrassed. So I get up in the truck because he's making me. And then this is a big guy. He gives me his hand. He says, pull me up there. I says, I can't pull you up there. And at that moment, he pulled me down. And he says, that's exactly what's going to happen. And that's exactly what did happen. I ended up, um, through dating him, I stopped praying to God. And um, I started to feel shame and everything. And when we broke up, I had a really hard time starting to talk to God again, because I gave up my God for this guy. I put this guy first. So after that, I told God, I will never do that again. After I graduated high school, I needed a change, so I enrolled in a Bible college located in San Antonio, Texas. I only attended a year, but in that year, I grew so much. Not only did I learn a lot about God and His Word and His promises, but I got to personally experience a miracle myself. I was breaking out in hives. It was going on for two years, Anytime my temperature would change, and there happened to be a, a pastor from a foreign country that they said had the gift of healing. And so I had a couple friends. I said, you know, I'd love to go up there and pray for him to heal these hives that I keep breaking out in. And so I went up there, and um, he prayed, except he didn't hear me well. He thought I said, eyes. And he said, Lord, pray her. I pray you heal her eyes. And so after he left, I said, friends, I said, God knows what I need. So <laughs> let's let's just pray again um, that God will heal my hives. Well, he did, because... I knew it was God that was doing it and not that man. Um, And I've never had hives since that day. So well, I met Jonathan right before I left for Bible college. And when I first saw him, I thought, well, he's pretty cute. Uh, But then I heard he was going to be a scientist. And I thought a smart guy like him wouldn't be interested in someone like me. Let's just say I was pretty hard on myself. Um, But God was so good to me. A year or two later, Jonathan and I became friends. We both attended the same church. I started to fight feelings that were developing for him because I didn't know her, where he was spiritually, and I told God I would never put anyone before him again. But when I heard from Pastor Webb that Jonathan did love the Lord and that he would go every Sunday morning to his house to pray, I saw the green light. <laughs> so, Eventually, we both admitted to liking each other, and from the first date to the day we got married was 11 months we married in 1997 and moved to Vacaville, California, which is an hour um, near the, uh, hour away from the San Francisco Bay Area and also away from our family. Uh, we got our first home and our very first puppy, which was a German Shepherd, and he was so cute. His name was Tugger. Uh,
1: my stor- story um, up to this point is maybe quite not as exciting as, as Becky's. Um, Um, My parents were born in Yuba City, California, which is just across the river from Marysville where Becky moved to when she was four. Um, Both of my parents uh, came from really rough family situations, Um, but they met and were saved through a local uh, youth group within the Assembly of God denomination. Um, After after graduating from high school, they were married and I was born in Yuba City shortly before my uh, father joined the Air Force. This is where my life of frequent moving began. Um, My sister Rachel was born a couple years later in Altus, Oklahoma. So, to someone who hasn't traveled very much, um, moving around about every three years might sound very exciting, and actually, most of the time it it was. Um, However, as I grew older, I found the moving increasingly difficult. and remembering becoming more uh, quiet and mysterious as the new guy in the last couple of moves uh, leading up to my high school years. Um, But being quiet is still a large part of my personality today, so I can't, so I don't think the moving around was so influential as I would like to, uh, as I might think. So um, um, although I don't remember going to any one church regularly because of the moving. I do remember attending Sunday school in various places along the way and having an early fear of the Lord in my life. Um, of course, that fear wasn't enough for me to prevent me from being a pretty ornery, uh person, little, little guy, um, which definitely helped to realize my need for Jesus as my savior later on. Um, uh, since my grandmother on my mom's side went to the same church as Becky, um, Becky and I paths did did cross a few times. um, Whenever we visited my grandmother when we had the chance, whenever we were stationed within a several hours drive. On one one such occasion, I had the opportunity to attend uh, Camp Paradise, which was the same youth camp Becky mentioned. And although we never really remembered seeing each other um, there, um, at the time I was 11 years old And this was when I first acknowledged my brokenness before the Lord and placed my faith in Jesus Christ um, to make things right between me and God. This was my first experience of receiving the Holy Spirit um, and having the first real feelings of hope, joy, and peace in my life. Um, Youth camp experiences, and I went to the same camp uh, multiple times, were pretty awesome for me. but outside of camp, I, I had few opportunities to learn what it meant to live for Christ, um, you know, outside of that experience. Um, and in fact, later on in my teenage years, I occasionally found myself uh, doing some things that were kind of reckless, uh, for the op- just for the opportunity to keep or impress friends. Um, uh, so fast forward a few years, I, I did manage to finish a couple of years at a community college um, before my dad received his next assignment. Um, so then I kind of left home and decided to transfer to UC Davis and live with my grandmother in Yuba City. Um, so this allowed me to regularly attend what I considered my family church, although I wasn't there a whole lot uh, since I had some extended family in the area, including some cousins uh, around my age. So the timing was a little bit off for me to get to know Becky sooner, as she had just left for Bible college around that time, Um, but it was during this time that I was mentored by Pastor Webb um, at Becky's church and met regularly for Bible study and prayer, and as it turns out, meeting with Pastor Webb became the the deal maker for Becky uh, later on, so I was happy that God had even better plans for me at that time, so... Um, so kind of fast forward to to being married to Becky, and you know what more can be said about a newly married life you know it was, it was every bit as blissful and exciting as other couples I've heard described here um, and um, And we had a puppy, so that pretty much <laughs> tops it off so uh, so life was simple and and God blessed me with a good job in the uh, the booming biotech industry. Um, My dad by then had retired from the Air Force and settled back to the Yuba City area, which was just an hour away. Um, And on January 8th, 2000, our son James was born, and then our lives became occupied with weekend trips to Yuba City, of course, to see the grandparents and and family and all that. So um, it was later in 2000 that I received an opportunity uh, for a position at Eli Lilly through a former coworker that had just accepted a position there. And at, at that time, with the new pressures of providing for a young family and with the potential job stability at a large company, um, our desire for Becky to be a stay at home mom and at the time the booming housing market for sellers, we felt that God opened a lot of doors for us to move to Indianapolis. So.
2: But moving to Indianapolis was a lot harder than I thought it would be. It was like being a child again. I had no friends or family aside from Jonathan and James. I felt inadequate and insecure. Plus, Jonathan and I were not communicating well. But God used this time to teach me two important lessons in my life. I was praying for God to change my husband when I should have been praying for God to change me. And the second lesson was I was looking for Jonathan to fill voids in my life when God wanted me to start practice going to him daily. There were so many amazing ladies here at Faith Church that God used to help me grow. Um, Brenda Soderstrom reached out to me at a time when I really needed it. Margaret Johnston reached out to me um, and encouraged me to start serving, and which led into me leading as a childcare coordinator for Wednesday morning Bible study. And through that, I had the privilege of working for Ann Weaver, now Forbes, um, as her assistant, where she taught me how to pray with others and become more comfortable in that. All this prepared me uh, and opened doors for me to work at Life Centers. In 2008, through the encouragement of my younger sister, I decided to start journaling things God was doing in my life. And I'm so glad I did, because my memory is horrible and I could have easily forgotten some of the amazing miracles that God did in my life for me and my family. Through journaling, I found myself growing closer to God in ways I have never before. I would meditate on his word and write out my praises and my prayers. I'd like to share just a few things that God did during that time. Uh, In 2008, God started waking me up at 3.33 in the morning, and I would feel an urgency to pray at that time. Well, he had done this three times, and I got up, and I, I would start to just ask, who do you want me to pray for? I was noticing a pattern and told my sister about this. She talked to her pastor about it, and he started to laugh, and he said, tell Becky to open her Bible and read Jeremiah 33.3. So I did, and this is what it said. Call to me, and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. This continued to happen many more times in the next few months. I was amazed at how many prayers he was answering during this time. But I still would wonder, God, is that really you asking me to pray? And I asked for him to confirm it. Well, December 17, 2008, remember the puppy Jonathan and I talked about? Well, one, one day, he was about t- 10 and a half years old, I came home and he was dead. Uh, we all took it very hard. I went to bed that night and I woke up at the three o'clock uh, hour I was about to get up and start praying when I just heard like a a voice in my head and it said, no, I don't want you to get up and pray. I just want you to know I'm here. So I went back to sleep. Well, my sister called me up the next morning and she said, Becky, I had the coolest dream about you. She says, I dreamt that Jesus came to your house. He went upstairs in your room, sat on your bed, and he was just sitting there and stroking your hair. And then he got up and he checked on the kids. So I got the confirmation I asked for. So.
1: Um, before we moved uh, to N- Indianapolis, Becky and I knew that in Vacaville, we certainly had the, the cleaving part perfected. Uh, but the leaving part was at best a work in progress since uh, we were still close, so close to family at the time. Um, so once we were settled in Indy in early 2001, the quest for finding a church community uh, was priority one we knew that would be extremely important, so ultimately james 's affinity for a certain bouncy horse at Faith church became you know the deal the deal maker for us uh, just kidding um, but you know upon visiting faith, we were um, we were instantly welcomed by the, the Prestons, and I, I see Brian here, um, and, and immediately invited to some social events. And uh, more importantly, we were just impressed by the, the quiet strength and maturity of the congregation, and for the obvious priority of the church uh, for uh, church planting and world outreach as we understood it at the time. Um, and then also, we were instantly challenged uh, with joining a community group. Um, we called them home groups back then. Um, and so therefore, we kind of concluded that Faith Church was likely a place where we probably wouldn't get away with just quietly slipping in and out um, from week to week. Um, so by, by summer of 2001, we were regular attenders, and, and by the summer of 2002, um, I was baptized by uh, Pastor Brian Boone in the Forest Park swimming pool uh, during the, the Faith Church picnic. Um, our daughter, Faith, was born on March 28th of that year. Um, and then, uh, so with a second child at home, and then also with the high demands of a career, um, you know, following what, what Becky said earlier, and I, I wish I could say I, I handled things well. Uh, I wish I'd say I could I kept things in balance or was a great support for Becky during that time. I, I was not. Um but without going into the detail, I think it's enough to say that there are, there are times in our lives where we wish we could change, um, but all we can do is, is give it to the Lord and trust in his timing. Um, so looking back now, I can testify uh, to the truth of Philippians 1.6, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So am I now completed? Absolutely not. Did God leave me where I was? Praise God. Absolutely not. So shortly after we decided to attend faith, uh, we did join a community group who became our family and with whom we've shared our lives and lived out our faith. Our, our group has changed over time, and all the families that have been involved and connected along the way, is kind of a faith story in itself. Um, so we are so grateful for the families representing our home group, and um, uh, mostly the, the, the Stenos who have been long-term partners, and the Winogers, and the, and the Abrahams, and I'm looking for others who might have been connected with us along the way. Um, there have been a lot, and so we, we have grown to love and get to, and get to know them all. Um, there are, of course, many challenges when making a commitment to live life with others, um, but looking back, it's easy to see uh, what a huge blessing it has been uh, in our lives. So um, the mystery of how God has impacted us through our community group, I think, is pretty well re- uh, represented by 1 John 4.19 we love because he first loved us. In 2014, our whole family had the opportunity to live in Ireland for six months through a Lily short-term assignment. Um, It was an incredible experience that reminded us of the importance of community. And we became acquainted with a small group of Baptists working on a church planting sale. So while we weren't formally a part of that, planning process of the church plant, we were able to offer uh, prayer support and help with child care and attend uh, uh, a lot of their various events. So um, upon returning to Indianapolis, um, I think Becky was personally approached about the idea of serving in the Faith Student Ministries program, particularly in junior high. And while Becky and I did serve together, uh, teaching preschool and kindergarten and then also Awana, uh, we felt that this... This would be a significant leap in faith, and so this would be, um, you know, really stepping out in faith and, and, and serving in junior high. Um, so, not so that's kind of a whole story in itself, but I think uh, Lord has definitely taught us so much through working with um, our students in the, in, the, in the Faith Student Ministry Program. Um, and I can't say that we ever felt like we were ready to jump in and serve. Um, and, and so I just kind of take comfort in that old uh, Awana verse, Second uh, 2 Timothy 2.15. Do your best uh, to present yourself to God as one approved, um, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. And so uh, that's what I put my faith in. If we keep our faith in, in God's word and, re- and rely upon it, uh, he will do the work.
2: It amazes me to look back and see all the amazing things God has done in my life, how he has pursued me, protected me, strengthened me, and continues to grow me. He has always been there. He is constantly shocking me with giving me strength and the ability to do things I know I cannot unless he enables me, like life centers, for example. Who would have ever thought I'd become a center director of a crisis pregnancy center? It was by his hand that this position came to me, And I can see how God used others to help prepare me to be ready for a place like this. I didn't think I was able. I was so afraid when I received the call from someone asking me to apply for the position. I listed every reason why they shouldn't hire me. But God called me. And now I sit in front of young ladies who are broken and afraid, who feel abandoned and unworthy, and who find themselves in a place where they don't know what to do. God has given me the privilege to lovingly share with them how he loves them just as they are and how he wants to rescue them just as he did me. I consider this a miracle. He took a shy, dyslexic, insecure, lonely little girl who had a hard time finding words to speak to a confident, bold, God-loving woman who can't imagine her life without Jesus. Now, I'm definitely not perfect, I have to say that. I still have a lot of those problems, and I'm scared to death now. So, you know, I'm just making the point He took me a long way. But the point is we serve a powerful, amazing, alive, and active God that never fails us. And I want to share a story with you of my latest uh, wake-up call in the middle of the night where he called me to pray for somebody, and he gave me, this is something new, he gave me three dreams in one night. And I can't stop thinking about them because of the, the way they are. And, and just a little information for you, I dream a lot. And, um, you know, sometimes they're just dreams. But God has used my dreams so many times to either comfort me or to let me know I'm going a wrong direction. And so when I do dream, I really pay attention to them. To them. So um, I just thought this would be fun to listen to. So here it is. Um, A couple months ago, um, I had a dream, and um, when I woke up, I felt the Lord told me to pray for somebody specifically. This person happens to be a special person in my life. She's my spiritual mentor, and many times God just seems to ask us to pray for each other, even though we hardly ever talk to each other, right at the time when we need prayer the most. So I prayed for this woman and two other people that I I felt the Lord put on my heart, and I went back to sleep, and then I had the second dream. But then he woke me up again, and he told me to continue to pray. So I kept praying, and then I fell back to sleep because I didn't get out of bed. Um, and then I had a dream again. So here's the dreams. I'm not going to interpret it for you. Um, so, I, you know, it tells, speaks something to me, but I think it could speak something to anyone. Um, so in the first dream, I was talking to the lady the Lord told me to pray for. When something caught the corner of my eye and I looked up and there was this very tall tree and at the top of the tree was an eagle's nest and I saw the mother eagle push the baby bird out of the nest and the baby bird just started to fall and fall and fall and I was like oh my gosh that baby bird is going to hit the ground and die. When all of a sudden the mother, ba- the mother eagle came and scooped that baby bird up on the top of her wings and rescued it. Second dream. I saw three baby birds, they were flying, and they were struggling, but they were doing it, but below them was the beautiful mother eagle, and she had the most beautiful wings to spread out, so if they were to fall, they would just fall on her back, and she would rescue them again, and then the third dream was, I saw this path, it was a really nice path, very straight, but it was hilly, it was up and down, and up ahead, I could see this person the Lord asked me to pray for, the mentor. And I was trying to catch up to her, and I was calling out her name, and she couldn't hear me when she started to go down the hill, and I just stopped chasing her because I knew she couldn't hear me, and I woke up. So um, I decided to look up some scriptures um, in regards to this. And I, I do have to say, I, I can't give the message that God gave me through those dreams, but it was instrumental, I just have to say. That's another testimony maybe 10 years from now. But Isaiah 40:31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary, and they shall walk and not faint. And then Deuteronomy 32:11 says, "Like an eagle that stirs up its nest, that hovers over its young, he spreads his wings and caught them; he carried them on his wings." And that's our story. So God is good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Actually, my my stepdad just passed away in March. Um, So you could pray for her. She is struggling. Um, But it was neat. One story I was thinking about sharing on here is my my stepdad, right before he passed, he recorded his testimony. And uh, my mom was very encouraged by it because he said there was two things God did in his life that were amazing. And one thing was he saved him, And the second thing was... He brought my mother to him and his four children. So we were his kids. So
1: hey, your question is, uh, is, is Becky's mother still
2: living in California in the same? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I didn't answer that one. I was just thinking about Danny. The sorry. My mother, um, the question was, does she still live in California? Yes. She actually moved here for two years, and then she moved back to California because they didn't like the winters. <laughs> so um, yeah. siblings did they come to know the Lord as well did my siblings come to know the Lord every single one of them so yeah I'm, we are so blessed um, I don't know why the Lord is so good to us <laughs> so praise the Lord What's happened to Pastor Webb, Pastor Webb uh, what has happened to him so Pastor Webb was so instrumental in my life. He taught me so many things. Um, that's another story I cut out for time's sake. Um, he, I'm going to tell you a little bit about him so you can hear where he is and everything. Um, when he would come over our house all the time, I mean multiple times a week, it was kind of like his place to hide. And he became family to us, and he was always there for us. Um, but if I was afraid and I would say something out loud, he'd be like, Becky, go get your Bible. And he'd say, turn to this. And so he taught me to go to the Word of God whenever I would have any problems. And the list goes on and on. Um, but he you know, he married Jonathan and I, and a year after we got married, he passed away. So he had hemophilia, um, so he, he was crippled, and he was in pain. Um, I, I have to say, I was the last person who got to visit him right before he passed away. And I just like to tell his legacy, because the very last word he spoke was to me and it was with a lot of difficulty and his last words were stay close to the Lord you know and I just think that's so beautiful and another dream that I had I I mean I've had a lot of dreams but I grieved so hard because this was my first major loss in my life and uh, we had to go on a cruise so I couldn't make it to his funeral and I was we were thinking of canceling it and uh, his wife said absolutely not he would be so mad at you And so I had a dream that night, and I saw this white room, and um, there was two doors, one on each side, and all of a sudden, in comes the left door, Archie, uh, Pastor Webb. We called him Archie. And he's walking straight and tall. He looks young. He looks great and healthy, and he stops in the middle of the room, and he turns around, and he looks at me, and he waves with the biggest smile, and then he goes out the other door. And that brought me so much comfort because I knew he is with the Lord, not suffering anymore. So he passed away in
1: 1998. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, Andy? Have you had any contact with your biological brother? Yeah. Um, no, uh, I, I've always had contact with my bi- biological father. Um, We would go uh, stay with him for a month out of the summer every other year. And I have chosen to forgive my father. Um, All of us kids have, and we now have a relationship with him. And I know he has many regrets. And so that's why I choose not to go into a lot of the details there. Um, So I'm thankful that I'm able to have a relationship with him. Uh, well,
1: this last winter, uh, it was very tempting to, uh, <laughs> escape, uh, you know, I, California is, you know, I, I think if, you, so my, my parents still live there, of course, I think, uh, I think they would say it's changed a lot, you know, since, since Becky and I were there, I think, uh, I had a fantastic time there, you know, a, a, through my college years, you know, just skiing and camping, and uh, we were able to visit my all of our family every other year, we kind of go every summer. And so we do that California camping and water skiing on the pristine Alpine lakes, and I mean, the g- geography is really hard to beat. We go to the beach, and so I think, uh, but this this is our home, Indiana, you know, it's just, uh, you know, the I think, uh, had I had we chose to stay in kind of the Vacaville kind of outer Bay area, I think the you know the, the the pace of life and the stresses and I think you know I think this is kind of where God knew we needed to be. Um, so nope, I think just those brief winter moments, it's tempting, but you know I, I think we, we definitely love it here. This is our home and yeah no regrets. Yeah. So yeah.
2: God gave us family here through the church, and we've just seen through moving here um, the importance of having community, and we're just so thankful for everything he's done to prepare us for this place.
1: Yeah, I, I do get that question a lot, like so, especially when I first moved here. You moved here from California? <laughs> and that was a little difficult to explain, and, and I think, you know, and I kind of try to touch on a little bit of the motivation, you know. Starting a young family, priorities are a little different. So we knew that, uh, you know, Indianapolis was, was likely to be more family friendly. And I, I think we just wanted, I, I wanted um, a different experience for, for our kids. You know, I described me moving around and experiencing not having community. And I just really wanted a different experience uh, for our children. So, yeah. and I think God gave us that. So.